You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. It's the 11th of October 2022. Um, my name is Matt Phillips, creator of One Chat Live and host of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. And um, if you listen to the podcast, then just to let you know, this is recorded live every Tuesday at eight o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. So if you do want to join us live and ask our quests, uh, ask questions to our guests, put them on the spot, then all you got to do is head over to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at eight o'clock on any Tuesday and you can network, you can hang out with other soft tissue therapists. You don't have to be a STA member. It's a lovely opportunity for you to see what the STA is all about because we're normally joined by quite a few of our regional reps across the country. Um, and it's also a chance for you to get your logo up on the screen because if you do join us and you say something, then I can bring that up on screen. So at the moment now, I'm now seeing Alistair Cunningham, who has joined us first through the door, who said, evening all, in the car listening, Matt, which is making me smile because I love the idea of affecting people's lives in that way. They're driving home and instead of listening to Chris Rea, they're listening to Matt Phillips, which is which is great. My life is now complete. Um, so thanks, Alistair, for joining us. Glenn Murphy is also in the lounge, the live lounge. Good evening, folks. Good evening, Glenn. Brian Huxley has now come through the door. Uh, hi, everyone. Not been able to join you for a while, but back now. It's beautiful. That's the sort of people we get in here. That's the clientele who apologised for not coming last week or a few weeks. That's how we roll. So it's a very friendly place. And I do encourage you, if you're a soft tissue therapist, whether you're a massage therapist, sports therapist, physiotherapist, osteopath, chiropractor, whatever you are, if you if your role is to help people in pain, then the doors are open to you. Um, and we encourage you to join us. Um, Ivan Ward's here, Becky Carroll's here, um, great, and so on. So there we go. That's what we do. Um, last week, if you missed last week, last week was the beginning of the month. Um, and then what we do on the first Tuesday of the month is we have a what we call Have Your Say, which is basically where we get um, people from the STA team uh, to join us live. And then we talk about the last podcasts, September podcasts. We talked about um, the people we've had in. And uh, we also talk about things that are just going on in the industry. Sometimes one of our um, STA uh, regional reps has got something they've been doing. For example, last week, uh, Keith Burnett, big Keith Burnett, um, was with us, which is wonderful. Um, and Keith is, as well as being, um, I'm just looking at the region, he's moved back to the Midlands now. So, yeah. So as well as being regional rep for the East Midlands now, he's also um, a bit of a net guru as well. And I never use that word, but no, I still won't use the word. But he's getting fame, will earn fame for his doctorate um, in neck injuries. Um, he's got a huge history in looking after rugby players in particular. And yeah, last week is is very interesting because he's talking about his history, basically being told by some teacher at school that, you know, know your know your know your limits lad do a b-tech and that's about as far as you should go because you're not clever enough and then here he is doing his phd and kind of supervising other people doing their masters and it was beautiful last week because there was this school reunion where he met the teacher who told him um just do a b-tech mate you're not going to do better than that um and apparently she said to him oh i always knew you were going to be you were going to get something great and he kind of looked at her and was like yeah yeah that's what you said wasn't it 
you know, so, which I thought was just beautiful. Plus, you get to see a picture of him with like 700 pounds equipment on his head, testing out cervical movement and stuff and mobility whilst he wears his new Iron Maiden T-shirt. Brilliant character. Um, definitely watch last week, if only to see that photo. And you can watch it on YouTube if you want to watch the video. And you can obviously listen to it on any uh, popular podcast app, including Spotify, if you fancy that. Um, and you can see it on the STO website, which is uh, www. What am I talking about? Back to the 90s, which is the STA.co.uk. Um, Glenn Murphy has just asked a question here saying, who is the rep for Bradford? Quick question before you start. Halt the papers. Let's just find out who the rep is for Bradford. Um, I don't know. Someone else in here will tell you, though. I'm sure Leslie is on Google at the moment finding out who the STA rep for Bradford is. Um, so somebody in the audience will tell you, Glenn. Um, if not, I will personally email you. There we go. Keep the questions coming, of course. If you do have something, particularly when I bring my guest in, I'm very excited about tonight. Um, I've just been talking off air. Um, my guest is Sonia Fierro, who's actually third time on the show now. So she's already entering that elite status, along with the likes of Dr. Gary Mendoza. Um, and I think uh, the wonderful um, Duchess Anna Maria Mazzieri um, and other people of the like who have been on the show three times. Um, so um, we're going to be talking about um, basically Sonia's life. Um, because Sonia recently had a baby who's also joining us um, and um, we're gonna be talking about pre and post pregnancy crossfit and lifting weights um, Sonia has been on the show before she's a very popular speaker at therapy expo and as always this month is going to be bringing you speakers from therapy expo um, Sonia has got two presentations on the Thursday at therapy expo so that'll be November 24th um, and uh, but most importantly she's joining us on the Wednesday morning in the STA theatre um, to join the roundtable of the Women in Sports Therapy when they're having a roundtable discussion about being a woman in sports therapy. And that's going to be uh, Dr. Fiona Higgs and Debs Thurlow-Rowley and uh, Duchess Anna Maria Mazzieri. Um, and also joining them will be our guest tonight, Sonia Fierro. Um, I'm going to let Sonia talk about her feats because otherwise I'm going to be here for another five minutes leaving her down there. Um, but I will mention that um, it involves, for example, Italian deadlift records, powerlifting, nationally ranked um, athletic status, working with uh, medical teams from GB fencing, GB diving, swimming, a lot, an awful lot. So really uh, lucky and fortunate if you're listening tonight to have a guest of this caliber up um, and also the fact of what she's been through and is going through. Um, and we're going to talk all about that. It's going to be a fantastic episode. So. Without further ado, I think I've done all the um, all the blurb. Um, yeah, I shall now bring up Sonia Fierro. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hello, Sonia Fierro and guest. How are you? Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> we are here because, of course, as parents will know. When you organize something, baby won't sleep. <laughs> if you listen to the podcast, there's going to be lots of oohs and ahs. And, and me, I'm just like, I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, so I am living on bro in broody city. Um, they've got to the age now where they're just not babies anymore. So I'm just like, I'd love the idea of it. And then suddenly Ooh. common sense comes in. But yeah, if you can't see it, but Sonia is with baby Alia. Alia, yes. Alia, exactly, in arms. So if Sonia does suddenly disappear and it all goes quite her end, then um, she's got uh, just a, a card to be able to do that when and whenever she wants. Um, so really, thanks for joining us, Sonia. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me again. Always <laughs> a pleasure. 
Um, and um, yeah, so I introduced you a little bit about yourself. I probably didn't say enough, but you've got quite an impressive CV. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make you feel um, too big headed, but you've been involved in sports and different types of sports for a long time. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, is uh, coming up to eight years now. I qualified first as a sports therapist in 2014, and I started working um, in private practice, but uh, with sports as well. Um, the ones that um, I spent most time with, uh, I was the lead uh, therapist for a rugby club just locally, um, and then uh, uh, British diving athletes uh, based in London, and then recently. Uh, British fencing and also motorsports is uh, something that I've been involved with in the last couple of years. And then, of course, CrossFit, powerlifting, weightlifting, because uh, uh, I've been involved in that as an athlete as well. Amazing. And you've got your own pod, which I now know thanks to when you came on last time. Um, where's that in London, isn't it? Uh, yes, I do on a CrossFit gym in London. It's called Pete and Fitness. We are in Elephant and Castle. Fantastic, Elephant Castle, lovely. Um, so, obviously, I mean, again, if you need the podcast, then um, there's going to be a lot of photos tonight because Sonia's Instagram account, which is Sonia Recover Strong, stronger, yes, yeah, Never kind of Recover Stronger, um, is yeah. it's just an amazing account. It's so well put together. I don't know whether you do it yourself or somebody helps you, but it's just yeah. beautiful. It's everything my Instagram account is not. Um, it's beautiful. And and along with all the other history of, of advice and lifting and CrossFit and all of the amazing stuff, you have, have um, kind of shared really nicely and often intimately the journey you've had with little Alia from pre and post. Yeah. Um, so we're going to share some of those photos. Was it, I'm just interested, was it, were there bits you thought, I'm not going to share this? Or were are you the sort of like mum who thinks, no, come on, I want to share this because it's something a lot of women go through and yeah, so um, I've actually not shared a lot and I shared uh, um, the news quite uh, late in the day. Um, and it's, the main reason is uh, um, because pre and postnatal is not my specialty and it's not what, uh, you know, I'll be focused focusing uh, moving forward and I never like the idea of you know trainers or uh, even therapists sometimes that suddenly they have a baby and you know everything they post is is about that um, mm -hmm. I don't think is what you know most people that follow me want to see they do want to see a little bit of my life and what I do um, but not too much of that um, so I've posted a little you know few snippets here and there um i think it's good um for other women to see that training uh, can be done and is healthy and you know it shouldn't be scary um but you know uh, i don't want to portray myself as as you know specialist yeah fantastic yeah yes that's very true actually and we should say that just to reiterate that there is a disclaimer that yes sonia is not giving out medical advice or anything um obviously you work with pre and postnatal athletes and recreational athletes but um and nothing you hear tonight is replaced for going to see your own physician and getting checked out properly by a, um, 
um, appropriate professional. But we are going to talk about Sonia's experiences, and that will bring up some nice. Oh, look at it. every time she picks him up, I'm just going to go. Oh, yeah. Vicky Carroll's already typing "or" oh, as well. There's going to be lots of that tonight. I'm sorry, people, but um, yeah. So, so it's more about Sonia's experience and things which um, she's read and done and experienced, rather than giving you advice. But it will open up some interesting avenues of exploration. I'm sure. Yes, and if I can add that. that you know that's probably the one thing I really kept myself accountable to I've always said if I have a baby you know I make sure that I go get checked and I see specialists uh, um, I don't get treatments as often you know for myself but that's something that I was really keen on on doing so um, throughout my prenatal um, training um, I I uh, was working and following a program of somebody that specializes in that. It's uh, Christina Previtt from the Barbell Mamas. She's great. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and that's the person that I spoke to um, to come back to training as well. As you'll see, um, I went back to training really early compared to you know the usual standards. And this is not something I would advise. Uh, but even for myself, uh, I took guidance from um, somebody that is an expert that's really important and yeah necessary to point out because i'm going to show some photos which looks like it's just you in the gym and it's not the case at all of you just i mean even with the vast experience you've got you are getting advice from professionals and kind of checking out yeah so really even someone with sonia's experience was realized that now i need to ask somebody else to check with some of these things so so um I just I want to bring up a photo and then I'll leave it on a little yeah, bit. Go, yeah, go for it. Go for the photo. <laughs> I think I was trying to find one of the first photos of the bump. Um, again, if you're watching or you're listening to this, you can't see it going on. But this is um, you um, doing, I think, kind of reverse pull-ups or something. Or a line. And it, yeah, we call them that. ring rows in, in the CrossFit world. So, yeah, you bring yourself to the rings and it's an alternative uh, for pull-ups that I wasn't doing anymore at that stage. Brilliant. Okay. So yeah, I should reiterate that when you're looking at this photo, it's not quite clear. People are watching it. You're not about to kind of jump up on those and do something crazy and flip over. So you were supine and holding onto the rings. And what was that? What was the aim of that exercise? You can see, I don't know, how many weeks pregnant were you there? I can't quite work out from the bump. Um, so there I would have been probably over 30 or around 30. Um, yeah, so a ring row is... Um, it's like a normal row. It, it wants to work your back and lats. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your feet are on, are on the ground. And then from there, you pull your chest to the rings. Uh, so you kind of pull yourself to standing almost. Uh. Fantastic. Okay. Um, and looking at exercise leading up to actual birthday, what mm-hmm. were some of the considerations you took into practice? And also, whilst you're saying that, did you become aware of some popular myths which maybe surprised you as to what recommendations are giving out to, given to women who are um, prenatal and limitations on exercise they should and shouldn't be doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we know that there is a lot of that uh, going around. You know, women shouldn't lift weights, shouldn't lift more than, it depends, uh, you know, um, who you ask to, but more than five pounds or 10 pounds. Uh, um, and there's not really any research that supports that. And the thing I've always found quite baffling is that if it's not your first kid, you're likely 
lifting more than that every time you're lifting up your first baby. So telling so women, pregnant women, not to lift anything substantial um, never really sat well with me. Um, and I lifted throughout. I was squatting two days before giving birth. I was in the gym. I was training. Um, I don't really think my belief is that there's nothing that you shouldn't really do in terms of activities if you feel well, um, if your body can manage that, if you know that you have practiced it um, for a long time and you know what you're doing. Uh, of course, there will be modifications that you need to take into consideration. Um, the main one uh, um, I adopted uh, probably from week 24 to 26 um, was avoiding hanging off a bar, so no pull-up work. Um, many women will actually stop that uh, much sooner, but my bum was quite small uh, and I didn't really have much coning going on until then because I've always done quite a lot of core work, um, so I could I could do those exercises up to week 24, 26. And then after that, I didn't feel comfortable um, doing that. Um, so I stopped and I stopped those exercises for things like ring rows or variations with my feet on the ground that don't pull as much um, through the trunk. It's interesting because obviously, like you say, your experience of exercise will affect what you can do and what your body can take during it but one of the most common things that i've seen i did a little google search just as yeah. if i was somebody and it one of the big things was don't start any new type of exercise suddenly well i suppose suddenly now let me take that out don't start any new type of exercise but yeah i do understand where that comes from and i i believe that it's because pregnancy you know it's already something new for your body you don't really know how you feel day by day um the first trimester you'll be really fatigued and then you know as the pregnancy goes on um your body will change you may feel some aches and pains that maybe are you know are new and um, as your belly grows you may um your balance or perception may change so i do understand where that sentiment comes from but i think that it can be done um with guidance i wouldn't probably advise anyone or even for myself, want to start something during pregnancy by myself. Mm -hmm. But if I had a professional following me, um, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't say that has to be completely avoided. Yeah. And that's, I know you're one for the research. You love your research. Um, and I wonder whether, is there, are you aware of any research which shows that there's a high chance of benefits if you do? start some kind of you know relevance and 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 suitably progress strength training i don't know pregnancy. if there's anything specific about starting when you are in pregnancy but i know there is a literature review um, or a systematic review um that analyzes what made uh, women feel better during pregnancy and mm -hmm. the results were exercise exercising water Pilates exercises, physical activity. So, you know, all the papers show that if people moved and were active throughout pregnancy, they felt better throughout pregnancy. Um, and we know that that's, you know, usually the case even with our chronic pain patients and 
other populations. So it doesn't surprise me that moving is beneficial even in pregnancy. That's very interesting because that's often one of the counter arguments to don't massage in the first trimester or something. And there's no literature for it, but there is literature showing that massage can make people feel better. And yeah. if anything, the biggest thing maybe that uh, mum's ecosystem and system needs during pregnancy is to feel better. I mean, that's got to have positive benefits for everyone around, isn't it? If she feels yeah, better. Yeah, it's always, as you just said, it's always that, you know, costs or risks versus benefit um, mm. discussion. And I think with pregnancy, especially even research, there's not much research. Mm. And one of the reasons is that nobody wants to take the risk of doing research on pregnancy because, of course, if something goes wrong, it's, mm. it's terrible, even even more than um, just on, on a single person. So mm. there's not much data out there. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't think that we should use narratives that, you know, tell women that they they can't do things that, especially mm. if they feel feel good and they have been doing it for a long time, or narratives that make them feel weak and uh, yeah, and not capable. Uh, yeah, because we are resilient. I mean, giving birth is gonna be one of the hardest things probably most women will do physically and I think that exercise is a great way to prepare for that I think that you know part of the reason why my birth was so straightforward and I was up on my feet uh, the same day and moving walking the day after is because I I am fit um, probably fitter than you know the average person Mm. I, I do really believe that and I've seen that with friends as well yeah um it's it's becky's coming here becky cowell's coming with a very nice um comment about not starting new exercise i'll bring it up because becky always comes um through with some excellent quotes she says haha i remember being told not to start any new exercise by my midwife who then recommended that i went to pregnancy yoga i was quick to tell her that this was a new type of exercise for me don't Yeah. yeah fascinating isn't it it's tricky because that's how narratives exist we i think tristan attenborough put on something one of his very sarcastic memes but it was just basically saying we do what we're told we do what we're taught we do what we're taught we keep doing what we're taught and we don't stop to think about what we're actually saying yes isn't it we don't critically we don't criticize we don't critically assess what we're being taught if you stop and look if that person stopped and looked at what she just said it would be that's ridiculous uh, exactly, exactly. Like it, it, pregnancy yoga can be, or yoga in general, can be new for a lot of people and can be extremely hard. Uh, yeah. I cry if I go for a 90 minute <laughs> yoga session, even if I love flexibility. Um, it's, uh, you know, we have mums around um, the area where my CrossFit gym is. I actually started a mums oh. class when I was pregnant and then. Uh, straight after giving birth I was coaching the classes and they all said that it's like the only thing we can find is pregnancy yoga and Mm. I don't want to do that because I'm already sitting all day I don't want to just stretch out I want to lift I want to move I want to feel I can do something and I you know I'll be able to run after my kid the day that I will walk and I can lift them and I think more and more women are realizing that that's important and they want that very interesting. 
Yeah, pregnant women don't necessarily want to just lie down and be motionless and feel like they're whales. It's just not how they want to feel. They want to get up and be active and move and yeah, feel that their body's exactly. strong. Exactly, especially if they were active, you know, pre-pregnancy. Thank There's you. a lot of people that are runners and, you know, they successfully run um, until quite late stages of uh, their pregnancy. It's not something that everybody would be able to do. Um, but, you know, cycling, crossfit, weightlifting, there's so many things that, you can do and you know you have to every pregnancy is different I was probably extremely lucky um in how mine went I know some people are not as lucky but every person um will have a different experience so you really have to assess for yourself if something is going to benefit you or not and I think that of course uh, we need to um you know, listen to the professionals, but we are, you know, the ones living in our body and feeling the changes every day. And if some days you feel that you want to do some cardio or lift some weights, uh, why not? Excellent. Yeah, I love the way you put that. Um, you are, I've spoken at Therapy Expo, and I believe you're speaking again um, this um, year on the Thursday about flexibility. It's a passion yeah. of yours with Mobility Stick and the other companies and things. But, um, that's another thing I read a few times on Dr. Google was that women or mums to be should be wary of exercising because of hormonal changes, particularly relaxing, which yeah. somehow made you less stable and more open to risk of injury. What yeah. have you seen with regards to that? Um, as far as I know, and what, you know, I did a little bit of uh, um, research on this when I was pregnant. Uh, um, and again, that's, a narrative I don't like. Yes, there is more relaxing in your body, um, but there is no actual research showing that that is going to lead to more injuries or that it's going to make your joints more unstable. I think that is really taking it to the extreme. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not a narrative I like. I don't like telling people, oh, you're going to be weak and unstable and you're not going to be able to do things try and see if if I had a client or somebody you know coming to me saying oh I feel I feel this way then I might think maybe that has something to do with it but I think that if you're going to feel unstable it's more late pregnancy and it's more because of you know systemic changes but also proprioception changes with your belly growing and your posture changing and you may feel that you are a bit you know you don't feel as coordinated I remember uh, having to stop doing box jumps for example not because I felt like my pelvic floor couldn't handle it but because I, I physically felt like I don't know what to do I don't know how to move um, because your center of mass changes uh, but I'm not aware of anything specific that says you'll be more prone to injuries uh, because it's relaxing itself let's have another look here I'm just going to move my camera so I can see I'll put these in we're going to look at some other uh, pictures you put on here this is a great picture you can't see this again um, on the <laughs> podcast but this is kettlebell swings um, and that is you in full action. What a fantastic picture. And with the caption, you are capable, pretty yeah. powerful. There's a poster waiting to be made there by somebody. Um, please don't use that without some years uh, with some permission. But yeah, so um, other exercises you were doing. This is a calm. Let me take that off. I think it was week. We're looking at week. 
I think it was around week 30, 30 something there. Okay. I will yeah. have to check, but yeah, I would, uh, I would think, uh, let me see if I can check it quickly for you. Um, so we had kettlebell swings. I'm just going to move to another photo. We had what looked yeah, like. Yeah, that was the... January. Yeah, so it was, a, was yeah. around week 30 there. And then we had, well, I think if I remember the video was squats and lifts above the head. and uh, Yeah, so a, we called yeah. that a wall ball, where you do um, a squat holding the ball at the front. So it's essentially a goblet squat. And then yeah. it's essentially a push press. So as you come up, you throw the ball and catch it again. Fantastic, yeah. Um, and then we had, um, I love the caption, your body, uh, it was, let me just remember, it's worth going to see this on Instagram because what I described, you are capable and there's another caption saying, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So yeah, you're right. You didn't share an awful lot of photos. It wasn't, oh, look at me wearing this and thank you to the sponsors who have given me this and headband this and baby bottle that. It was you doing a few exercises and just with really short, sharp, sweet captions, just saying your body is capable. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Really yeah. powerful stuff. Really good stuff. Um, and then baby was born. Hello, yes. Alia. There you are. Great. <laughs> um, you can't see on the screen, but there's a little bicep getting the guns out there with baby um, being held in front. And this was six months ago, did you say about that? Um, so this photo would have been around six weeks um, after she was born. Uh, yeah. I went to support uh, uh, our members that were competing uh, at yeah. competition here in London. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So we're kind of moving now then into uh, post-pregnancy. Um, let me just move these back to here because my neck's hurting. There we are. Um, so, yeah, post-pregnancy. Um, obviously, this all depends very much, I think, on how the actual birth went. Um, I read a yeah. lot that, for example, if you have cesarean birth, then the, the, the guidelines change um, with regards to um, lifting and activity and what you can expect of your body. Um, but then I read also that only at week six should you be contemplating a body weight exercise. <laughs> Up to then, you're allowed walking for 10 minutes a day. I think they were given or something like that. And yet we've got a picture of you. Um, oh, look at that picture. There's another R there. Sorry, I have to edit all these R's out. But um, that's you just doing kind of a little really deep squat with baby. But then here we got week two and you're doing a split squat with a dumbbell and a baby on your front that's week two (laughs) so what's the deal are you obviously you're superhuman we know that but are the guidelines a little bit too strict with regards to just body weight exercises in the first uh, not no body weight exercise until six weeks onwards so i mean again we kind of have to remind that disclaimer everyone's experience is going to be different um uh, when you're going to start again um with some real exercise um it's going to really depend on how your birth goes as well i had the most straightforward um uh, home birth uh, possible um i didn't really have a long labor at all especially being a first uh, um a first baby um so you know i had no issues whatsoever i was up on my feet walking uh the afternoon of the birth um i think the first day that i went into the gym was day six and what i did was uh, um just sitting on a bike for 15 minutes uh, i had the sling with the baby and then uh, um i did a few pelvic floor exercises um and then yeah week two two, i started doing some lunges um some really light over presses uh but again as i mentioned earlier 
I, um, I spoke to somebody that specializes in pre and postnatal exercise. Her name is Christina Previtt from the Barbell Mamas. She's Canadian based in US now. Um, so I did a consultation with her, um, because she's a weightlifter as well. She's been around CrossFit, weightlifting, powerlifting, um, and she's doing a PhD in special population. She works with pregnant athletes and geriatric um, patients as well. Um, So I had her, you know, give me some pointers, how to start again, what to look out for, you know, which symptoms um, I would have to be aware of uh, because they could have indicated that things weren't going as well as they should have with my rehab. Uh, But I was lucky. Everything went really well. So I just started progressively overloading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a week two, I started with IMD barbell and then I built from, from there. Again, I'm super comfortable with a barbell. I'm super comfortable with weights. I know what I'm doing. I'm a strength coach, osteopath, sports therapist. Um, so this is not probably going to be the experience of most people. In terms of, you know, natural birth, vaginal birth versus cesarean, um, it's going to, change a little bit but again I think that the overall principles remain the same is how you're feeling and you know start with something really small check how you're feeling make sure that um, like the bleeding doesn't get worse that's one of the symptoms that you need to look out for and if everything is going well every two three days try something you know a little bit more a little bit more and eventually you'll be back in the gym, you'll be back training and doing what you're enjoying. Brilliant. I like the way, I mean, the the key words there, which you've mentioned a couple of times was progression and yeah. also listening to your body. And they're two skills, which somebody, if they haven't done exercise, then they might not have. One of the advantages of exercise and experience is you, you learn to yeah. read and you notice every single change, the highs and the lows. Um, and also you have a clearer way of, of progressing. So I guess that's where a professional really helps. They can give you external feedback and watch out yeah, for things yeah, yeah. keep asking you. And, you know, the weakness you feel post-birth is something that I would have never expected. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was week two or three, I was in the gym. There was a barbell on a rack at, um, like a bed set up for bench pressing. Uh, so it was more or less a belly height. And I had to take it on the floor because I wanted to do some empty barbell deadlifts. And I remember struggling lifting it off because it was that awkward angle. And I was like, oh my God, it's only 20 kilos, it's only a barbell. Um, you know, with my deadlift and my numbers, it was shocking. Um, so you know that should give some uh, indication you know to people and women like if you if your your best pre-pregnancy was lifting that eight kilo kettlebell maybe you have to do two, two or three months of body weight only and really tiny weights because you know it depends where your best was before um and it's something that we would do with any injury yeah 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 From there yeah. Same principle, a little bit more, a little bit more every time. I can imagine that. I mean, that's something which you bring through with your Instagram photos is the different emotions. You described it as a roller coaster. So I imagine, um, yeah, the, it's not all happy roses if you have been the sort of person <laughs> who deadlifted and squatted and, and huge amounts because it must be really frustrating. You must think, what's going on? This isn't me. 
Uh, but it's, it's interesting. something yeah. so new and uh, you do feel alien, uh, you know, in, in your body. It, it doesn't feel like it's you. Um, and it can be really frustrating for sure. Um, it can be scary because you start thinking, oh, my God, am I ever going to be able to um, to do this again? Um, and the time, I noticed that really since having the baby, the time wraps in a really weird way. It goes so fast because I can't believe that she's already six months. And at the same time, it feels like it's going so slowly and I'm never progressing. Um, so, yeah, it's such a roller coaster. On the screen here, um, again, if you listen to the podcast and you join this content, I do recommend you come along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel because you can see the videos and the photos and that. Um, and Sonia gently rocking baby away because I think... Um, sleep happening now yeah to get her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there's a picture week three with that 20k um barbell on your shoulders and the caption frustrating at the top and i like the way also you you in your photos you've compared this post-pregnancy experience quite a lot to it could be any stage in your life it could be any injury and you've kind of drawn that parallel with Whatever the reason is, you've had to take a step back or sideways and you've got to gently ease yourself in and don't beat yourself up about it. I like the way you did that because suddenly you're not just talking to moms, you're talking to everybody. I like that parallel you drew. Was that something which you just thought of one day and thought, wow, this is what it's like coming back from an injury? It's the same thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, as I said at the beginning, you know, I didn't want to turn into, oh, everything is just about pregnancy. Mm. And, you know, to me, pregnancy is just, your body changes and you are in a new situation and you have to adapt and you know you may still want to lift and you need to find a way and it's the same when somebody's injured and I'm sure that I mean I've been injured as well in the past that the emotions are really similar especially if you're used to uh, something like CrossFit where you know it's a class environment it's a community you do things together and then suddenly you can't really take part at least not for the first couple of months um and you know you you suddenly feel kind of a bit isolated so it's the same when you're injured like you can't jump straight into a class maybe that you like doing like a body pump or spinning or even your running club um you know for for runners uh, you may have to restart doing you know 1k uh, and your running clubs run five to ten every time, and you can't go along, so the the feeling will be the same. Yeah, very good parallel. I like that. Um, you've been through frustrating. Oh, we need to go to the other photo now. Let's get rid of that. <laughs> so many photos we have to put into two folders. Let's uh, hide that and let's bring on. I see that there is a question there from from Becky as well, and well, Becky is one. Um, so he says, have you felt any pressure to maintain the training regime because of your profession? I would say yes to an extent. It makes you feel like if you want to be lazy or you don't want to exercise, you're like, oh, but, you know, I should show something because that is what I believe in. I believe that you should move and you should exercise. And um, I have to say it's not been easy for me because it's uh, me and her uh most of the time most of the day um so finding the time um to even just make it to the gym uh, i don't live close to the gym i own and most gyms you can't bring your baby uh training at home is not something that i'm good at um so yeah there is a little bit of pressure and i think as a competitive athlete as well 
sometimes I felt a little bit like uneasy when people, because the first thing people would ask you is like, are you going to compete again? Are you going to go back? Uh, and it's, you know, it's difficult because you want to, I do want to, there's definitely a big goal that, you know, I, I didn't manage to reach pre-pregnancy that I would want to reach, but at the same time, I don't know. And when they do ask, it sometimes I do feel a little bit of that pressure. It's like, oh, people expect me to, or they want to see me doing that. So am I? <laughs> Excellent question, Becky. Just to pre-warn you that when it comes to the round table on the Wednesday in the STA Theatre at Therapy Expo, Becky's going to be in the front row chucking out questions like this continuously. Um, Bring them on, Becky. <laughs> we like <laughs> questions. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, hard. Uh, we got scary. That was an interesting adjective to use. And um, when I've got this, I thought that was quite a good photo there of you doing like a, <laughs> um, a bump head clean and that. So why scary? What made it scary for you? I think scary on two fronts. One being some exercises because your body feels so different and you're like oh my god this is this is weird i don't know what i'm doing um and on the other front what i was saying earlier is that question will i be able to do this again will i be able to to go back to where i want to go um especially when you are i think a more high level um athlete or even in CrossFit, you know, I was what we call an RX athlete. I could do everything, you know, mm. the high gymnastics, the heavy weights. And now they are still, you know, far away, even at six months um, postpartum. So you ask yourself, am I going to be able to? And those were mm. my favorite bits. So if I'm not going to be able to, you know, it's a bit scary. Great. And I guess, like you say, there's that parallel, that that um is makes you understand how an athlete or just a recreational runner who's suddenly not able to do that park run on a sunday morning they're going to be thinking oh my god am i ever going to do that again and they yeah. go to that period period of kind of grieving and that could delay their recovery if they're told by somebody oh that's going to be you might never going to run again that's like a, a serious shock to yeah. the body and it could yeah, slow yeah, down yeah. their natural recovery so and that's something that you know a lot of uh um lifter get, get told is like oh you're never going to lift the you know the same weights you're never going to uh to lift the heavy because you know your pelvic floor is not going to be able to to sustain that and it's a lot of you know yes um because you can and there is a tons of athletes uh, doing that the current 63 kilos i think world champion in powerlifting mm -hmm. she had twins she was back uh, on a platform i think six months post um which you know i'm super jealous of but of course she had different uh set up at home but i think a year or maybe you know a year and a half after having kids she goes and wins words um in powerlifting and there's lots of other uh moms that have come back stronger yeah 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 unfortunately we don't hear enough about them because we've just got the latest kardashian child or something smattered all over yeah. our... and uh, you could replace kardashian with any famous family influencer i'm not picking on the kardashians before someone writes in but yeah sadly we don't get to hear about these superhero mums i'm um, not enough it's getting a bit better maybe. not enough yeah not enough definitely um rowing machine at week five um i love that one there's you doing a chin-up and you've entitled it fun um which is amazing week five and you're doing a chin-up that's yeah. like 
technically you're still not supposed to do a body weight exercise until mind your chin-ups body weight exercise fair enough yeah, it's it is. Good. <laughs> again i you know i was checking for symptoms i didn't really have any coning i only had a little bit of doming at that point which is not as um you know as much of a problem so i could start training uh, some body weight pull-ups. Uh, um, actually, at that stage, I couldn't do a pull-up yet, only one chin-up. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that was the, the fun bit in that video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did love that video, and, and you can't see it on the photo. But again, if you go to the Instagram account, because you come down from that, and you can't do another one, but you're smiling, because you can yeah. see it's a stage of steps. And, you know, it's like, I love that. It's a really nice smile. Um, and it's been so interesting, you know, uh, the recovery, because uh, um, it would go like in like kind of jumping. Like I will have one day where I remember I tried total bar. Uh, so it's when you're swinging um, and you're bringing your toes to the bar. And I couldn't I, I just couldn't get the swing. I couldn't absolutely get anywhere close. Uh, I didn't really train it. And I, I think two weeks later, I suddenly did a set of five, um, you know, unbroken. And it's so interesting and something so different from, you know, what I ever experienced in the past with other injuries. Yeah, no, very interesting. Because I suppose, I guess, when you're at that elite level and you're training, you're less likely, your progression is going to be more linear. But when you take it down to like starting from scratch again, then you're progression is going to be more kind of less linear it's going to be jumps and falls and as an elite athlete you're, you're not used to seeing that because you're already at your peak but that gives you something to think about with recreational people to explain there will yeah. be times when you fall down and you can't do two press-ups then suddenly <laughs> the next day you're doing eight so it's it's interesting Put yourself i in think it's not just a, you know it's not just elite athletes is that anyone really um when you first get injured or your body changes through pregnancy as i was saying earlier is alien and you feel you can't do something but the strength was there um the nervous system connections that are still there so it's just a matter of practicing and sometimes not even practicing it too much like it's trying living alone and try again and suddenly you can do it because your body remembers i think i have another video actually where i went into that a little bit more in detail and you know your body remembers so it's just be patient don't freak out because uh, it's so easy to freak out and say oh i can't do this uh, but don't freak out and eventually your body will you know we strong yeah, body <laughs> it's lovely and on that caption people listen to the podcast it says it's a true roller coaster whether you are coming back from injury time off for life work or pregnancy a roller coaster indeed um what we got week four breastfeeding 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 picture that tied in really nice i mean it's a beautiful photo anyway but i i read as well as i was doing a little bit of research it's important to realize i think i read that breastfeeding can take up to like 400 500 calories so yes. something that mums need to be aware of uh, in terms of maybe increasing nutritional input or something. Is it something that um, affected you or you noticed that you needed to eat a little bit more whilst you're doing exercise? Or? I'm eating all day, <laughs> every day, all day. I'm eating so much. Uh, I mean, I've always been a big eater even before. Uh, but yeah, that's another thing that, you know, I had to keep an eye on, especially going back to fitness early on. And going back to more high intensity workouts as we do in CrossFit um, is making sure that I still produce enough milk. There is no 
again, there's not a lot of research out there because uh, we know there's never enough research, especially on women. Um, but a lot of ane- anecdotal evidence says that women can uh, see a drop into their meat production uh, if they exercise too much and don't eat enough. Um, and it can be difficult at the beginning because the first few months, uh, you know, you look different, especially from, you know, somebody like me, where I was so lean and muscly pre-pregnancy, it's challenging seeing yourself like that. And it's slow. But again, that's something that changed all of a sudden, like a week five, uh, sorry, five and a half months in. I was eating well and, you know, just eating to support my breastfeeding as well. And I felt I wasn't changing. And then all of a sudden, my body changed again. Um, and again, it's about that patience. But yeah, you need to to eat to support your breastfeeding. Great advice. And image as well can be so... I mean, we've mentioned a few times the the emotional stress of this. And people forget maybe that we talk about physical stress and intensity of exercise, but emotional stress is a big one as well. Do you have days where you think I'm really emotionally stressed? My glass is practically empty. I'm not going to do that workout or does that like never? Oh yeah. There's been many days where I really wanted to work out. And at the same time, I really didn't want to work out. Um, I miss working out more at the moment. I'm not really managing more than one to two sessions um, because of some changes in, you know, what I'm doing for work as well. Um, But yeah, some days that you're a bit like, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, And one thing that has been, I think, difficult for me, I mean, my baby, she's a really good sleeper at night, even though she was up late tonight. Uh, But she's always been quite good at night, but she doesn't really nap or doesn't really nap uh, for a long time. So, you know, pre-pregnancy, I expect, oh, I'll do some workouts when she naps or I work when she naps. And it's something that I can't do really. And I had to, you know, come up with other ways. And then uh, if you're exclusively breastfeeding, you'll, especially at the beginning, you'll have to stop mid-workout because she wants to be held and she wants food. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely different. This is the other thing I wanted to ask you about because... I'm sure I mean if I was a mum at home and wasn't and wasn't had never really got into exercising I would imagine myself listening to this and screaming when the hell do you find time to exercise as if I haven't got enough cleaning nappies doing this blah 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 what what advice I mean I imagine you can understand that because it's it's time consuming having a baby but have you got any tips for somebody who does think I have not got any time to exercise don't even talk to me about it Honestly, I'm still trying to unpack that for myself because, of course, things changed and I still have to find a good routine. Um, but, you know, there's a few things I would say. First of all is that if you go on social media and you see all these, you know, women exercising a lot, remember that, you know, they may have some type of privilege that you don't have. They may have their family around them. They may have a partner that lives with them and you may be by yourself. They, you know, may be able to pay for a nanny straight away. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that may be behind that person training that you don't see. So don't compare yourself to somebody else. That's 
the real first thing um, that I really had to work on for myself as well. Because uh, knowing other athletes that, you know, I've been pregnant recently and seeing them, you know, coming back quicker makes me feel sometimes I'm not doing enough. Uh, but my situation is really different from, you know, uh, the situation that other people have. Um, and then, uh, well, as I said, one or twice is uh, um, the maximum I've been managing so far in terms of training. And I do have some privilege. I have a gym I can go to. I can bring my baby. And sometimes there's somebody that will look after the baby while I squeeze in a 30 minutes workout. Um, now that I'm not going to be able to do that, my um, what I, I try to stick to is really walking a lot every day. So I try to eat at least those 10,000 or 12,000 steps a day, especially now that the weather is still quite nice. Just with the pram, I go for a walk. I'm considering actually getting more into running, getting a, a running pram um, so I can squeeze in a few more sessions that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just don't feel guilty. Try something, see if it works. Uh, and it doesn't need to be full on. And don't think that you suddenly have to go somewhere for an hour class, uh, even 10 minutes of you know, something in front of your computer, following a video or doing some squats is more than enough to start with. And then as things progress, as the baby grows and you can do more and more. Great advice. I love the fact that you, yeah, you draw attention to don't look at all the Instagram feeds and don't judge yourself, compare yourself to what you see this imaginary life probably as someone else is portraying. That's really, really important. Otherwise, you you're in that a lot of people in that state of mind where all they need is one reason not to do anything or start anything and that's it yeah yeah i'm not gonna do anything so you need to separate yourself from negativity and people around you saying don't do anything it's it's so important not to judge compare yourself to others um and yeah obviously it depends very much on the factors and the people around you and the support and that but like you say i think there's i I saw uh, dr claire minchel posting something the other day with yet again more research showing that you don't necessarily have to do a lot of exercise a week to make a change um, to your health Um, it doesn't have to be because that's the other thing people think I've got no time to go down the gym every day I'm not going to do anything but it's kind of a straw man isn't it because no one's saying you do have to go down the gym every day is that all of nothing kind of mentality and it is difficult Uh, you know I struggle with that as well especially because I like certain type of training I like my barbells I like you know the high intensity workouts and if I don't do that I feel like I haven't really done anything so what's the point of doing it um and I don't particularly like training by myself as well or at home uh so you know those are all barriers but a lot of them we create them for ourselves so it's you know, really trying to be mindful of, okay, what is a real problem and what is an obstacle I am creating for myself? And then from there, taking really tiny steps. Um, so that's why I was saying, you know, sometimes the 10 squats every day, start with that, you know, for a week. And then if you feel better and you feel good moving, you may want to do more. Or walks, those are probably... Uh, more beneficial especially the first few months than trying to adhere to any crazy routine or forcing yourself to go to the gym when you feel that you don't have that energy either emotionally or physically yeah beautiful I love that tiny steps yeah amazing (laughs) 
I remember when I had it was my second one actually, and um, I say that I always feel guilty, like a privileged white male who didn't have a baby at all. But when I had my baby, I remember feeding him and a uh, little one and just I nearly I was that close to producing like a series of videos which dads can do in the bedroom whilst trying to put baby to sleep like soleus lifts heel lifts and things and other exercise you can do stability exercises all these yeah. sort of things you can do whilst you're holding the baby as a weight and I realized one probably a lot of dads are not going to be in that mental space to actually be thinking about doing exercise for runners when they're trying to get baby to sleep. I mean, I am because I'm geeky. And then two, I mean, the proof of the pud was I was actually thinking about making these videos in the first place. And I just thought this is ridiculous. No one's going to be interested in being able to do this because it's, it all depends on who you are and how you work, which, which reminds me of what Dr. Gary Mendoza was saying about understanding your clients obstacles. Like you put it, if you're yeah. expecting to get behavior change, you've got to have a great pair of, ear, pair of ears. Um, his yeah, expression yeah, was some people need a really good listening to, which I think is beautiful. It should be a T-shirt. He's yeah, yeah, but, you know, again, with the training and it's not as easy when, you know, the baby is, is really small and really young. But as they grow, I think a lot of people think, oh, I need to go and exercise away from the baby or when they're sleeping. And sometimes actually we don't need that we may be able to do some exercise around the baby like i know that i could do a 10 minutes uh, um you know circuit and my baby be you know being um awake on the floor and i can do burpees over her and kiss her every burpee and she'll be laughing and she'll be enjoying that as well sometimes even when i go in the gym if i don't have anybody that can look after her i'll use her as a weight um, and I think that is actually really good um, because they'll grow up being around you uh, exercising and you prioris- prioritizing your health and movement and you going to the gym if you manage to. Um, and that's really important because we know that too many people don't do enough sport and they don't do enough activity um, growing up. So having that model um, even if it's once a week or once every now and then uh, is going to be really important. So don't feel that you have to separate yourself from your kid to get something in. Yeah, that's great advice and a really nice, healthy perspective. In fact, as Becky Carroll says, it's all about perspective. Yeah, yeah. very wise. Great. Well, look, wow, 8.58. That went quickly, 58 minutes. Um, Some really gems of information there. And it is your personal experience, but intertwined in that experience, I think we've managed to open up some doors to ideas and explore opportunities and all sorts of things. Obviously, everything we've said tonight isn't guidelines, which everybody should follow. There's no such thing. We reiterate, as Sonia said at the beginning, that um, none of this is to replace um, the medical advice you could get from uh, oh, hold on. What's this? Catherine Reimer coming in at 8.59 in the evening. <laughs> what? Uh, let's just put apology up on screen. This is the live show. This is what's good being live. Catherine Reimer. Sorry, I've joined extremely late tonight. We have, Catherine. Hi, Glenn. I'm one of the reps from northeastern New Yorkshire. Oh, she's coming. Bless you, Catherine. Catherine's going to be at Therapy Expo. Catherine was on the show last week, actually, um, in our Have Your Say. Um, so, yes, anyway, it's been it's been lovely, Sonia, listening to your experience. And thank you for sharing what you did. And thank you. Way. Um, you're going to be, um, just to remind people who are listening, you're going to be at Therapy Expo. Yes. Um, on yeah, Thursday, um, you're giving two presentations in the morning. I think. Yeah. But most importantly, um, obviously, is the Wednesday morning um, appearance in the STA Theatre, um, where you're going to be joining 
Anna Maria Mazzieri and uh, the ladies from Women in Sports Therapy podcast. Um, so Dr. Fiona Higgs and Deborah Thurlow Rowley mm-hmm. for a roundtable chat. I've organised yeah. four microphones and we're going to let you guys chat about being nice. women in sports therapy, um, which <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to. Um, it's, it's revolutionary. It's going to be beautiful. And obviously the audience, the seating area around there, I'm not sure what Dr. Fiona Higgs and Deborah have got um, kind of organised, but I think it's going to be interactive, asking questions to the audience and all sort of stuff for half an hour. So thank you for joining that. It's going to be, it's going to be lovely seeing you four talking. And it's, I think everyone's around there is going to be, feel really privileged because you've all got such diverse, different experience and backgrounds. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. What a great idea. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think so. Um, and also, um, are we going to be meeting Alia that day? I hear Alia is coming with you to Birmingham then? Most likely, yes, because I haven't managed to leave her for more than a few hours yet. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's going to be fantastic for us and maybe not so great for you. Um, Becky Carroll has said, thank you, Sonia. Congratulations <laughs> with becoming a thank mommy. You. It's a great club. It's a great club. Okay, people. Well, look, it's uh, nine o'clock. Um, Sonia, if you could hang around just for a couple more minutes while I just close down the live lounge. Thank you for joining us, people. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you want to leave any comments or any feedback, if indeed have you got any questions for our guest, Sonia Fierro, then what's the best way to contact you, Sonia? Is it through your website or Instagram? What do you think? Yeah, Instagram is always uh, a quick one. I'm sonia.recoverstronger. Um, so, yeah, you can find me there, either comments or DMs, uh, and I'll be um, happy to answer some questions and I said this to Matt as well before we started uh, I give him a couple of names of uh, people that I actually contacted uh, um, when I had to um, return to training um, post, uh, post-birth and the pelvic floor therapist that I'm still seeing um, so if people you know want to um, seek out more experienced uh, um, therapists they, they can that's amazing that's really kind of you and that will all go into the show notes and remember if you want to see the show notes then you can either go to the sta.co.uk which is why i paste it all down i've got the habit now of putting it into the youtube feed as well i update the youtube feed once i've put some words down on paper and also uh, if you are on podbean then that's the host of the podcast so they've got all the show notes and the links as well so it's three places for you to find all these links we're talking about um right that is it so next week we continue um inviting speakers from therapy expo um we're going to have the pleasure of spending an hour with liz bailey bailey with a y um who's been on the show before um liz is um, a fond favorite of the sta um doing really fantastically well um on social media in terms of just raising awareness for working with dancers in particular um and liz is going to be presenting on the thursday at 10 o'clock to 10 30 the dancer's foot so it's gonna be an amazing presentation i've list of bits she's gonna be with us next tuesday at eight o'clock so if you listen to the podcast and you want to join us then just head to the sports therapy association youtube channel at eight o'clock in the evening and that's where you'll find us for the hour so once again thank you for joining us people in the live lounge really appreciate you giving up your time to come along thank you to my wonderful guest sonia fierro um and thank you for alia for seeing being such a delight (laughs) as well um and yeah take care people and hopefully we'll see some of you live next week goodbye you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy